Photo Shelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Sarah Jacobs. And I'm Alan Murabayashi. Hey, Alan. How you doing? I'm good. We're wearing some uh, optimistic springtime clothing. Yeah. Almost summer clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really warm today in New York. Feels good. Feels Everyone's good. got skirts on and shorts. Feels good. I'm wearing shorts. It's a good day. I'm not going to show people, though. Yeah, no. You don't need to stand up. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about photo blogs. Photo blogs. Yeah. Are they still relevant? Well, you know, there was an announcement uh, that the New York Times Lens photo blog, which is very well known. Initially, the announcement was that they're closing. And now they're saying they're shutting down for kind of a reboot, a reassessment of what a photo blog should be. Mm. Um, and a lot of people were, I wouldn't say they were horrified, but they were sad that it was closing. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I think distinguishes the New York Times lens blog from a lot of the other photo sites out there is that they provide a look at photography through the reach of the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just a, a blog about photography, then you're primarily attracting just photographers. Right. So that was kind of the beauty of the of the lens blog, even though people say, well, they're always picking their favorites and, and whatnot. I don't necessarily agree with that. I just think that the reach of, of having a link from the front page of the New York Times.com is potent. So it's a little sad to see it, it go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they used the word hiatus. So, but people on Twitter, photographers were definitely like, I really hope it comes back. Like, what does this mean? And, and I am interested to talk to you about what you think it might mean. Are they pivoting to video? <laughs> that okay so let me start by saying in one of the private facebook groups that i'm a, a part of mm-hmm. a few people said good riddance oh and the reason Ouch. why was because the the lens blog to their credit pays the photographers to show their work uh-huh but they pay the photographer 350 dollars to show their work on lens okay and the problem is that once your photos appear in Lens, because the dis- distribution is so wide through the New York Times, it's very hard to get placement in yes. other publications. Right. And oftentimes the projects that they're showcasing are things that photographers have worked on for years. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of making this this calculation in your mind of, is it worth it for only $350 because of the exposure that I'm, I'm going to get, like I'm literally reaching millions of people versus being on a, a niche photo site that, you know, where no one will ever see your work or potentially no one will ever see your work. Um, and uh, so one of the photographers who's kind of a well-known critic of business practices said, uh, I think that they should start if, if they reboot after the hiatus, they should start by offering a thousand dollars as a starting point. And then depending on how many images and whatnot, that should be the starting point. And when you think about it, even if they only did one post a week, but they paid them, you know, a thousand dollars, it's fifty thousand dollars a year. What, what is that mm, to promote right. good photography? Yeah. That's, that's a person's salary right there. That's yeah. like an entry level person's salary. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. When I first read the news, I initially was like, I think this is good news for the industry. It probably means, possibly, that the photos that they would have run on Lens are going to run in a different part of the newspaper, um, maybe just be more integrated. The idea of sort of shutting down a blog in 2019, I think, makes sense to me. Like, it just makes logical sense. <laughs> like, 
why do we need to still call it a blog? You know, why does it need to be a separate part of the site? I don't know. Or of the paper. I don't know. Do you think the blog format is still relevant vis-a-vis the Instagrams of the world and the Facebooks of the world and the social, yeah. that social media has taken over? People say, you know, blogs died a long time ago. Mm. I, I still blog and I mean, I wouldn't say a ton of people read it, but some people read it. <laughs> is the format just wrong for the audience that's there now? Or Yeah, I think it's interesting that you mention Instagram and Facebook because that, that, is, that is what happened, right? I think that's what happened. Social media came into play and then that really kind of took out any reasoning to have a blog because you could share your work on social media instead of having this place that people had to go visit. Like, pretty obvious, but when you think about the natural progression of on your work living online that's what happened um but yes. i hate the fact that on what? instagram the images are tiny i hate the right. fact that nobody reads the caption there's no context around it i think people read ca- oh i actually disagree i think people oh, really? read captions yeah yeah definitely you put kind of like either a mushy caption to your pic you're gonna get so many more likes <laughs> <laughs> but i yeah i guess i i mean in in terms of um if you're trying to tell a nuanced story uh-huh. that the traditional blog format or, you know, when you look at the magazine format, the, mm-hmm. there, there is, there could be a, a 2000 word essay behind a, a set of 10 pictures. Yeah. Um, whereas on Instagram, I mean, a lot of people are just going like this at lightning speed. Some people might yeah. read the caption, but a lot of people are going like this. That's, you're right. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so the consumption of photography has been in, in some cases like reduced literally to the size of your phone, which is, mm-hmm. which is sad. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see the, the photo websites out there that are still popular and, and why they're popular. Yeah. No. And there definitely are some. And first of all, I just want to go back to 2009. That's when the Linsbog launched. It's been that long. I know. And in their hiatus, like press release, uh, they they claimed that they were one of the first photo blogs. And I was like, get out of here. Right? I was like, wait a second, maybe, New York maybe Times. For a, maybe for like a national newspaper publication, maybe. Not even, though, because then I kind of started doing some digging. I was like, OK, what other newspapers had like a like a section on their website for a blog? And. Back in the day, like Denver Post had one that launched in 2009. It was called Captured. It just kind of recently, more recently died. RIP, uh, Denver Post Captured. Um, then, well, no, the New Yorker, the New Yorker photo booth was in 2010. And obviously New Yorker mm. is not a newspaper, but still I'd say it's comparable. Um, and then Washington Post, uh, launched site in 2014. So, okay, yeah. later. But I just want to point out that, uh, New York Times did not have the first photo blog. Like, I read that and I kind of was like, I roll. <laughs> well, you know, you did see news sites doing a lot of the, like, pictures of the week. Yes, which, which yes, I yes. Don't, mm-hmm. I, I do think that that's different than the types of photo stories that the New York Times is trying to promote. Okay. Because photos yeah, of the yeah. week are just like, off of the wire, we got, here's a sports true. photo and here's a, you know, a disaster porn photo. And True, true. That that, was, that's this week. That's true. Like, Boston Globe did that. Yeah. Yeah. With big picture, what what are the other sites that people go to now to to see photography? Well, there's actually quite a lot, and I have a ton bookmarked because I'm always trying to find um, various photo series that can be um, repurposed and rerun and have kind of a different angle. Um, and one of my personal favorites that is still going strong is Feature Shoot. Love Feature Shoot. Feature Shoot. Yeah, I love Feature Shoot. They they the breadth of work on Feature Shoot 
which I actually don't know what year it launched. Do you know? No, I don't know. Okay, well, they've been around for a long time. And the breadth of work on there is just incredible. I love it. There's so much high-quality work. There's, like, some lower quality, but honestly, not that bad. Like, I never went to feature shoot and went, oh, my God, why did they publish this? Like, it's always been a high caliber of photography. But do you think that—I that, that I, I totally agree with you, first of all. I guess the, the I go back to what I said at the opening, which is feature shoot is still kind of a site f- for photographers by photographers. That's true. And so the even though the photography— is stunning who even knows about that outside of the industry that's the challenge that's actually true and it's not yeah. i don't i don't see that as a criticism because it's so hard to get the hearts and minds of people mm-hmm. in, in this like short attention span uh culture that we're living in but man i wish i wish um that more people could see it and it and it reminds me of these arts conglomeration websites like mm-hmm. my modern Met, yes, yes, or artsy, totally. Um, that combine painting and drawing and memes and photography, mm-hmm. but they do not pay. Yeah, they don't pay, and that's what makes them really sort of distasteful. Like, I love the fact that they get millions of people, but right, exactly. I was just going to say the trade off is that they have a wider audience than, for example, feature shoot because they are putting out uh, art news along with these sort of like series that people are working on or, you know, either paintings or photography, for example. I love my modern Met. They play, they publish some, some good cool stuff. stuff yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, another kind of like photo blog-esque that's actually much newer is BuzzFeed's JPEG. And it definitely has like a more newsy um, tie to it. It's mostly photojournalism and then roundups of like, here's the best photos that we saw on the internet this week, those type of things. But um, I think it's well curated and fun. Some of them are just really fun. It'll be like, here's, you know, TK photos of Coachella in the 1990s or like the Super Bowl in the 90s. This is what it was like, or the red carpet at the Grammys in 1994, like that kind of thing, where it's showing millennials that like, that we're, we we are so interested in '90s nostalgia culture, mm-hmm. and there's all these photos on Getty that have captured it, but just there's been no platforms that have run the photos, and now there's a reason to run these kind of like obscure pictures. That's that, cool. That's yeah, cool. yeah, it's fun. It's a it's a good it's a good slideshow format for the internet. I think. So so they're basically taking ostensibly stock photography and yeah. repurposing it. So yes, in yes. theory, the photographer is getting some sort of compensation out of the licensing of those images. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause it's like, why else? I wonder who else is downloading red carpet photos from the MTV awards in 1998, you know, Yeah. but like Buzzfeed is so, you know, the, the sites that do a lot of free photos. So we mentioned my, my modern met, um, board panda is another one that have, oh, you know, I haven't looked at board panda forever. You know, they, they have like millions of views. They're like big sites on wow. the internet. Yeah. And you will occasionally, I mean, I, I think that the photography that they showcase is always interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a certain look and feel to the photography. There's a lot of, I, w- I only call it DIY because there's a lot of non-professionals yeah. who sort of glom onto a concept and then they, sh- they shoot the crap out of it and in a very, in a very good way. Mm-hmm. But you get this kind of like, I'm thinking of a pet photographer in Russia who did, you know, a little kid next to a huge dog and made like a whole series of, of great feel good photos. Mm-hmm. But that's not the same thing as somebody that's saying, I'm going to look at 
poverty. I'm going to look at the water crisis in Flint and I'm going to photograph that mm. for 10 years right? and see what happens and try to tell a, a more nuanced and a more impactful story. That's not necessarily feel good. No, you're not going to find that on board Panda. Yeah. So <laughs> the question then becomes if, if these are the sites that can attract a large audience, but the only photography that they're getting is the free photography, the hobbyists that are like, yeah, of course you can use it because right, they don't you care. Know, I'll sell a print. Mm-hmm. Then does the public at large sort of misunderstand the breadth of photography that's out there? I mean, the, the, the answer is obvious, but it's sort of an indictment of that system that says we only accept free content. There's no, there's no creative arts worth paying for, which is like crazy. Right. Yeah, that that's a really good point. Uh, so you know, going back to this, uh, the, the the comments on the New York Times, mm-hmm. the the same uh, critic, uh, photographer critic of of the Times business practices and other business practices is is essentially the Times is a huge multi million dollar corporation. They are profitable. They've done a really nice pivot into digital. The subscriptions have made them profitable. They made something like $25 million last year in profit or last quarter. I can't remember exactly what it is. But his point was they have an opportunity to lead in the business practices insofar as photography and photographers are concerned, but they choose not to. They choose not to because until I think it was like three to five years ago, they were still using the same day rate from the 1980s. Oh, wow which was like something absurd, like $200 a day. And they finally moved it up to like $300 or $350 a day. Mm. And then they use that same frame of reference for the lens blog to say, well, if the day rate's $350 and you want to give us 10 photos that took you 10 years to create, well, then that rate is also $350. Mm. Now, I understand if you're a business and you're saying, well, what about then Then the cooking people are going to want it and then this channel is going to want it and this channel will want it. So you have to make some decisions. But photography is so essential to what the Times does as a news service mm-hmm. that I would hope that there would be a little bit more respect, especially because so many people are freelancing and creating these on their own dime. Yeah, for the photographer. True, and we don't we don't know the conversations that have gone down, you know, <laughs> during business meetings. Like I, I would hope that the photo editors are advocating and for the photographers and trying to fight for a larger budget for the blog. Who knows? Maybe that's why it got got on hiatus. Like maybe the conversation had to recome back up. I don't. I don't know. I'm totally like making stuff up at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's possible it, that it it wasn't getting a lot of traffic. Oh, right. I mean, that's possible too. That is possible. Maybe that's we a, said that's definitely a reason to be like, let's we're going to stop yeah. allocating resources to this. So who knows? Ah, who knows? You know, it's funny that you know the the New York Times is going on hiatus to sort of rethink, um, and then on a. Uh, Photographer group on Facebook for Flack Photo run by Andy yeah. Adams. Yes, launched in 2006. Just yeah. want to note that o- for the school. Times. But he also sort of posed the question of what should Flack Photo be now in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's been gathering some intelligence around, um, you know, should it be a paid site like a Patreon where you pay a dollar a month to be a part of this because you're paying in so that photographers can be con- compensated potentially mm-hmm. or you're helping defray some of the server costs, et cetera. Um, I think a lot of organizations are, are at a point now where they're forced to sort of reconsider what photography is and how it's shown on the web. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just a note on flak photo. I mean, I've been looking at it for years, but I kind of never, it, it, I didn't quite consider it a blog. I'm more considered it a place on Facebook for com- a community of photographers to have thoughtful discussions about their work and for Andy to really crowdsource a whole ton of opinions. Um, and he's done a great job keeping that Facebook active and members commenting and posting and liking and leaving their websites and all kinds of stuff. So like props to him. It's a very large community for photography it is. that he has there. And the yeah. number of people in the face group group is large. And I sometimes forget because I'm kind of in and darting in and out of these face, Facebook <laughs> groups mm-hmm. of what the persona and the experience of the members are. Mm-hmm. And just assuming that a photographer would know, I think I posted something about Oh, it was about a, it was a thread about photography contests. And I post something sort of obtuse because I didn't want to directly criticize an organization. Yeah. And the photographer got sort of bent out of shape because he's like, well, why don't you just say that in the first place? And I was like, cause I'm trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> yeah. So as you know, you forget nice. who you're talking to. <laughs> um, where do you think the flickers, the flickers and the Instagrams of the world kind of fit into the, the ecosystem of viewing Okay, Photography. well, okay, Alan, first of all, why are we mentioning Flickr and Instagram? It wasn't the same Because <laughs> <laughs> Flickr used to be a thing. It did used to be a thing. So, okay, wait, so you're asking... The social media sites that are very photography-oriented. Yeah. How do they play into the consumption of good photography? The kind of photography that we're talking about with, like, the lens blog or with feature shoot. Is there any place for that type of photography? Oh, or does um, it get sort of dumbed down because of the format? Yeah, I think it gets dumbed down because of the algorithm that Instagram's going to feed you. I also don't think that a lot of your average users on Instagram are following professional photographers. True. Um, like our, obviously our feeds are just filled with it. It's, that's my entire feed. But for example, I don't think my brother is following any professional photographers other than me. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hmm, I don't know if that answers your question. No. I think the answer is no. It's not really a viable platform for those. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it is well, either. You know, uh, the, Len- the people over at Lens did solicit feedback on what they wanted to hear what you think the next iteration of Lens should be. Mm. So if you feel strongly about that, tweet at the New York Times or at some of the editors there, James Estrin, uh, longtime editor, great photographer, great writer, mm-hmm. um, and let them know about things like compensation and the mm-hmm. types of, of photographers you want to be featured and the types of photography you want to be featured. And, and stories that you want to see. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that reminds me that they did say pitches are still encouraged, which was like really confusing because it's like, well, why would I, what am I pitching to if the blog's closed? You know what I mean? <laughs> so that that was like slightly confusing. Like, do I want to reveal my story ideas to a site that's on hiatus? I don't know. Yeah, they are influential. So who knows? They, they could always pass it along. Yeah, true. They might pass it along way. to the correct editor. That ah, you know this. The industry is very network and referral based. So there's no harm in saying, "Hey, here are three sh- photos from the project that I'm working on." That's true. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Tweet your ideas to them. Yeah, tweet your ideas. And tweet to your them. ideas to us. We love feedback. We do. We like talking. We like listening. All the above. We like pizza. And we like pizza. <laughs> So send us a pizza. 
PhotoShelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a mobile-friendly, responsive website. Try one free for 14 days at photoshelter.com slash podcast. Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.